We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Karina Mustafa and Calvin Wetzel. Join us every Wednesday morning with your cup of coffee as we go coast to coast in the women's basketball world on the Her Hoop Stats podcast network. On today's show, some Las Vegas Aces versus the league talk, Sun versus Wings, and some under-the-radar stats of a very surprising team. But before we get to that, my co-host, Calvin, how excited are you for this podcast launch? A little bit. Nah, I'm so excited. This is, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've I've been looking forward to this for a long time and especially working with you, Karina. Obviously, you create great content across the league and all of women's basketball and tennis. Go follow Karina for tennis, by the way, if you don't. But this one's going to be about basketball. So I'm so pumped to just chat basketball with you every week. Thank you. We're going to pretend like I didn't mess up our first uh, take of this uh, episode, <laughs> but nobody needs to know they don't that. Know that. They don't know that. Um, but yeah, like I'm very excited too. I think in case nobody realizes like the coast to coast, the double C's, Karina and Calvin, I just want to put that out there um, because as people know, we're quite the pun people. So uh, if in case right. you didn't realize that, did want to, did want to mention that, but it's let's important. get right into it. It is very important. I agree. Uh, let's get right into it. Uh, our headline of the week the Las Vegas Aces. Um, I won't say the way that you phrased it. I'll say the way that I phrased it when we were planning <laughs> this show. Um, but essentially, the question is that, are the Aces showing they're human or are other teams starting to put their pieces together? Because this last month, it feels like the whole month has been Liberty versus Aces. I feel like they've played each other like a ton of times. And they eventually just traded punches, which was actually pretty cool to see if you were a Liberty fan, because there were a lot of questions about whether they would be able to go up against the Aces. Um, they're still first in the league as of right now when we're recording their 28-4. and four. They did have a loss to the LA Sparks last week. Um, all that being said, 
on the Liberty front, like what has changed when it comes to facing the Las Vegas Aces? Are they showing that they're human, like we just mentioned? Or is this more just like other teams starting to piece it together? It's definitely both when you talk about the Liberty in particular, the Sparks maybe, well, the Sparks too, but with the Liberty, I, you have to start with John Cole Jones and the way that she's played since the All-Star break. And go read Miles Ehrlich's piece, by the way, on Winsider about that excellent writing uh, about how she really has sort of evolved this season and changed her season from when she came in, you know, to the season with that stress fracture from last year's finals. Obviously, it was hampering her still. Uh, didn't get a lot of practice time preseason, joining a new team all sorts of things going on and she didn't really look like herself and it, it took a while, but she's, she's back. MVP JJ is, is back. Maybe not quite the same level as 2021, but part of that is just how much star power she has around her. Obviously she's not going to average 20 points a game on this team. I think, I think JJ is, is playing at that level now. And that that's been huge against everyone, but especially in those matchups against the aces who are without Candace Parker have to go smaller when they go to the bench, bring in Alicia Clark at the four that's a tough matchup when you have Brianna Stewart and John Cole Jones in the front court for the Liberty. So there's, you know, some on the aces as well in terms of injuries and just like the lack of depth that they have. But it's it's really both, I think, in, in terms of this matchup in particular, Liberty versus aces that, like you said, feels like we've seen so much of almost like a mini playoff series before the hopeful real one that we get. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you kind of touched on the Candace Parker injury. Like, how much does that actually hurt the Aces? Like, and not even necessarily on the scoring side, because we know Vegas can score. They have a lot of people on their roster to do that. But, like, even just defensive matchups as well. Because, like, I think I forgot who said it, but somebody said that, like, missing Candace Parker is kind of how the Liberty were kind of missing John Cole Jones early on. And that's in the season. Just having another big on the floor who can provide a lot of difficulty for whichever team you're facing. Yeah, I, it's huge for a lot of reasons. Number one, the aces don't have very much depth, like we talked about. So missing anyone, whether it's Candace or anyone, just is sort of the domino effect. You go one deeper on your bench, which isn't very deep. But when it comes to Candace specifically, I think they lose a lot of rebounding and that's tough, like we said, when they go small and you're playing someone like John Cole Jones, or we've seen them struggle against the Dallas Wings, who we're going to talk about a little bit later, who love to crash the offensive glass for the same reason. If you look at the Aces sort of season game by game stats, they've been below 70% defensive rebounding in six games, and they've lost four of those. So when they're not able to clean up the defensive glass, that's when you see them start to be vulnerable. And that's been more of a problem without Candace Parker. I think, you know, they still have an overall great defensive rebounding rate this year. They're second in the league. But I think part of that, it's almost like Iowa in the college game was fourth in the country in defensive rebound rate. But part of that is just teams are so scared of Caitlin Clark that they don't crash the offensive glass. They get back in transition defense. And the same thing happens to the aces to inflate those numbers a little bit. But when teams do decide to give up a little transition defense and crash the glass, like we see with JJ or with the wings, the aces are really vulnerable there, especially without Candace Parker. Mm -hmm. And like, as we inch closer to the end of the season, is there a team that you think they'd have trouble with in the playoffs? Like, or are they still the Las Vegas aces, like very dominant um, and kind of clear favorites? Well, obviously, they, they might have trouble with the Liberty if they get that far, but that's not going to happen until the finals. I also think they could have trouble with the Wings because of what we talked about, the offensive rebounding, 
and that the wings bring the best team in the league at that, not just this year, one of the best ever. And that, that might happen in a one versus four, one versus five type of matchup in the second round. That's a team that I think they could struggle with. I, I have a clip here. I, I want to show going back to John Cole Jones, but it's the same theme of the offensive rebounding. Um, it, it really starts with Kelsey Plum, I think. And I'm going to put this up here. So Kelsey Plum at the beginning of this clip gets screened and she doesn't quite get around the screen. So they have to switch it, but it doesn't really look like they were planning on switching it because she sort of fights around the screen and then sort of comes back. So if you watch the first screen, this down screen right here, you see she comes back and now she's already out of position to navigate that second screen. So she has a switch here with Brianna Stewart. I'm going to play this clip again because once you get her switched on Brianna Stewart, that's what gives up this offensive rebound. It really wasn't the fact that they didn't box out when we come back to this. It's the fact that Kelsey Plum not getting around that screen in time and, and end up being switched on Brianna Stewart means that Kia Stokes and Alicia Clark had to come help her to guard Brianna Stewart. And that is what left JJ under the rim wide open for that offensive rebound. So kind of a domino effect, like their perimeter defense and just the whole, you know, any anything without Candace Parker, your defense is sort of going to lose a little bit. Candace Parker kind of compensates for a lot of flaws on that end. And that is going to end up, you're going to have to rotate. And as a result, you're going to see people on the backside open for offensive rebounds like JJ. So that's the hole right now that I think they have to clean up. Mm -hmm. And I think we've started to see some of those holes when the Aces players aren't making their shots. Um, if you look at some of their previous games and losses in that Liberty in that loss against the Liberty um, recently, Asia had like nine points, which is very uncharacteristic for her. Um, and like, in those situations, you also need the other players to step up. Like Kelsey Plum is averaging like 18.7 points right now, but like she hasn't had a 20 point game since like August 8th. So I think there's just like these moments where we talk about the depth. We talk about um, that was like a huge topic last year, too, about how many minutes the starters were getting and they were fine with it. They won the championship, but we also need to see a little bit more of like a balanced um just like scoreboard from everybody on both sides of the floor, especially when you are missing bodies, when you're missing people that kind of just help glue everything together. Um, but I still think that like, and I think when they won their matchup against the Liberty, like the most recent one, um, and I know Sabrina Ionescu was kind of talking about how like it could get a little bit tiring to face the same team over and over again, even if it is like a playoff series. Um, but I think that just shows how, experience the aces are and how why they are at a higher level and why they are able to get as many wins as they have this season um so it'll be interesting but yeah i'm still like i'm still hesitant that another team can like upset them but now i think this kind of stretch of games has shown that it's not completely out of the question yeah i don't think the aces are going to go undefeated through the playoffs and in, in games I, I do think they'll still they're the favorites to win the championship, but someone's going to pick them off at least once or twice in a game and, and make it a little bit of an interesting series. But your point about the shooting and like the them being tired in terms of the depth, like that's a great point because I think it was the dunker spot maybe who brought this up. Some podcast I was listening to about like because they're not very deep and the starters are playing such heavy minutes, like obviously that's going to lead to them being more tired as we as the season goes on. And sometimes you see that show up in the shooting when you're not getting your legs underneath your shot. They've been below average three point percentage for 
like two weeks now, like four or five straight games. And that's been part of That's why they lost to the Sparks. They actually did rebound really well on the defensive end against the Sparks, but they just didn't make shots. And I think one thing that could really help them is the fact that they're probably going to clinch the one seed pretty early, but they also are not really in play for that winning percentage record anymore. So if, if I don't know if Becky Hammond will do this, but if I'm Becky Hammond, I'm resting some players. Once you clinch that last game or two, go into the playoffs fresh, get your legs underneath you. Hopefully those shots start falling again. And at that point you can get back to being that juggernaut you were, you know, in May and June and, most most of July too, because that's the team that you need in the playoffs. Yeah, and like last thing on that, it is a bit of a touchy subject. It feels like with the Aces players because I remember last year asking KP and media like how they balance staying rested enough for the playoffs, but also still like you still have the last week of the regular season to play. And she was kind of just like, not all of us can do load management. Right? Like it was kind of like a dig at like EDD for like doing the load management thing last year, and I was like. Whoa, like I didn't know it was such like a touchy thing. So we'll see if Becky decides to do that because it might be a thing where the players are like, no, I want to actually play um, all these minutes and continue to do it. But yeah, no, that was, I was just like, I just remember that from last year and uh, definitely something to keep in mind. Um, but let's move on to our next segment, which is, I don't want to say it's a hot take segment, but it's a hear me out. So we each, Calvin and I this week, we are basically having statements and we're going to defend each of them. This week, it's which team is the more dangerous team in the playoffs, the Connecticut Sun or the Dallas Wings? Um, Calvin has chosen the Sun. He was very quick on that when we were texting playing the show. He was like, uh, I'm taking them. I was like, sure, fine. All good. Um, so <laughs> Calvin, since you were so, so quick to take the Sun, uh, why don't you take the floor first and tell the people why you think they'll be more dangerous in the playoffs? All right. So first off, this is no shade <laughs> to the wings who have been great. And like I said, could be dangerous in that matchup against the aces. But to me, when you look at playoff basketball, like the game slows down a little bit, obviously the intensity is higher. The, the you know, that sort of style suits the sun more than it does the wings. And the sun have so many veterans who have been there and done that. The Wings have a few now. Bringing in Natasha Howard was really big compared to what they have last year. And obviously some of those young players got some playoff experience last year. But look at like AT, who has been in the finals multiple times. Tawana Bonner, you know, even before the Sun made the finals last year, like Tawana Bonner, obviously with the Mercury. Tip Hayes, people probably forget, played in the finals with the Atlanta Dream like a decade ago. So they have a lot of veteran leadership and experience who is not going to be phased by the playoffs at all. And this is uh, even without Kurt Miller, even a new coach this year, Steph White. I still just think this this is a team that is really dangerous in that type of setting with the bright lights, the high intensity, the, the game slowing down. And they have players who are going to show up in that moment. So I'm going with this one. See, it's very hard to debate each other because we both agree with like certain points that we're saying. So like, this I definitely exactly agree with what you I on said. that. Yeah, when, I know. When Karina brought up the segment, I was like, yeah, but we're going to agree on so many things. But let's just do it anyway. We'll disagree because we'll disagree it's fun. on some things. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I do agree that, like, in terms of the experience, the Sun are obviously way more experienced. Um, but I did have the wings, and therefore I'm going to lay out my reasoning. Um, one thing is that I know the wings versus Sun, we don't know if that would be a playoff matchup 
yet, uh, depending on how the rounds progress. But they are two and two on the season against each other. And they don't they don't face each other again, but the Wings have taken the last two matchups. And the reason why I bring that up is I have wanted to see how the Wings fare against the better teams in the league because they're the only team that has beaten the Sun, the Liberty, and the Aces all together in terms of all the teams that are not in that top three this season, um, which I think is very important for them to continue to build team chemistry because it's one thing to get the wins that you're supposed to get against the the, the lower teams in the league, but like it's another thing to perform really well against the top contenders. And I think they've passed the test multiple times when it comes to doing that. And like something else that's kind of popped out for me is that Arike Agubawale has always had this narrative of like all she does is like chuck up shots all the time, not efficient, really selfish with the ball. But recently she's becoming a player that like is not only focused on shooting, but she's passing the ball. Um, her assists have gone high. We're getting more contribution from other players. You have Satu Sabli being the player who's being discussed as the MVP as, of the Dallas Wings and not it not being Arike, um, which I think is really important for this team's success and probably one of the reasons why they have been doing so well. Um, you mentioned um, Natasha Howard. She's been a really great acquisition for them. She's going to be a good player no matter where she goes. When she was on the Liberty last year, there was stretches of games where she was their MVP and so we know what she can do obviously has the championship experience with Seattle but um running into Big T Tara McCowan and Kalani Brown on defense that's tough like the fact that you can sub them out with each other is already unfair like you don't necessarily always get that kind of size in the league and it really sucks that the Sun don't have Bree Jones with them it really sucks that she went out so early because I think if she had been part of that team, the Sun probably would have had a little bit more of an advantage, in my opinion. Um, so outside of like AT and DB being really tough defensively and Beck Allen, because I can't ever forget about Beck Allen, they still are a relatively small team. So I'm, we'll see what they do in the playoffs. Um, but I don't know. Like if the playoffs were today, just based on standings, it would be Sun Links in the first round and then Wings Dream. And I think that like injury wise, I think I would favor that Wings Dream matchup a little bit more. The Links are are kind of, I don't want to say too scary because the Sun are just really good, but they've battled with some teams recently and I it'll it would be tough. I will say in those matchups, I think both of our teams, Sun and Wings, would take care of business in the first round. Um, if those matchups end up happening, but and then to your point, like <laughs> we'll we'll see if they match up. I mean, I Arike has been a phenomenal passer this year. Like, I think you're right; she's taken a huge step. And at like, this isn't a betting podcast, but everyone who knows me knows that I bet on stuff. So I just have to say, like, I've been betting Arike's overs on assists. It's been working out because of that. So shout out to her for stepping up her game on that regard. And the Dallas Wings, from a betting perspective, are really really good. When they're underdogs on the road, which is going to happen if they win a playoff series and end up playing whoever, Aces, Liberty, Sun, like they're going to go on the road and mm -hmm. be underdogs. So, to, yeah, like that, I could absolutely see. I think I the fact that this is three and four probably means we won't see them meet up in the playoffs because it would be yeah. two versus three and one versus four. And I'm a little bit bummed about that because I actually would very much enjoy seeing them meet up in the playoffs as we did last year because uh, I think it would be a good matchup for a lot of the reasons you said. 
Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. That's why I was like, it's kind of tough to compare them against each other. But like the reason why I did bring up their matchups was just how the Wings have fared against the top teams this year, um, which I feel like, you know, they've taken a step forward in that, which is like cool to see because um, like you kind of knew. Well, there was always a lot of questions about the Dallas Wings, but like you always kind of knew there was like some potential for them to actually glue together as a group. So it, it's cool to kind of just see that happening. It's really They're nice that we team. like we didn't we didn't really fight with each other. We just kind of said our points. <laughs> we're like it was a debate, yeah. and I was like, yeah, you're right, and you're like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I don't I don't think we're gonna have those fighting vibes on this podcast. I don't I don't know. I, it's got to be really something like, like outrageous, like something yeah, really I mean, outrageous. It would be entertaining, but I feel like it's not it's not our vibe. I don't know. We'll it's see. Okay. Maybe maybe, we'll get there maybe if we have like a guest come on and just like provoke, we'll just us. gang up on them. Yeah. Or maybe that, yeah, that I'm too. In that. I'm in. No one's gonna want to come on now, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's uh, pretend I didn't do that. Everyone's welcome. This is a this is a safe place for everyone to come on and share their yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so guys, let us know. Like Sun versus Wings, who do you think is the more dangerous team in the playoffs? Because I would be curious to hear what other people think as well. Because I think it's a valid question, and I think it's a very fun question because of the parity in the league. Um, as much as there has been the super team discussion the entire season um i think there are a lot of teams have shown that like they can go to bat with like any team in the league so i think it's it's a really fun chat to have um let's move on to our last segment it's called under the radar and calvin i'm gonna give you the floor because you came to me with these stats and kind of just like blew my mind a little bit um and it has to do with a team that you wouldn't necessarily think is leading the league in some of these stats. Go. Yeah, it's um, it's I've been incredibly impressed over the last month or so with the Seattle Storm, who are not going to go to the playoffs. They have a very losing record right now, extremely far below. If they won, like if they but... won, like every single game left in the season, they could. <laughs> You're right. They have not been mathematically eliminated yet. I actually like four and a half games back of the playoffs. I mean, everyone wants to go to the playoffs, but I I think it would be better for them not to, which I'll get into in a second. But the the storm defense since the all-star break has been the best defense in the league in terms of defensive rating points per possession allowed. They've actually been overall net rating offense and defense. They've been third in the league behind the aces and Liberty in the last 10 games. They've been, cooking and to me i think this is a perfect scenario for the storm because i don't think they should want to make the playoffs you ask any player they're going to say we want to make the playoffs but as a franchise you want to be in the lottery with the caitlin clark's clark sweepstakes or maybe page beckers cameron brink whoever ends up coming out this year to pair with all those young players but at the same time if you can have a season where you finish nine through 12, you get yourself in that lottery and you develop your young players. You show a ton of signs of growth, which they have because they're on a roll right now. And they were terrible in May, like night and day, two months from how far they've come. That's a huge sign because that gives you a springboard into next year while you still get to maybe add a potential franchise changing player. Obviously they have to worry about possibly bringing Jewel Lloyd back. Who knows if she'll come back or she'll go somewhere else. So that could be a key to their offseason. But I think that 
this has been like an incredible development in Seattle. By the way, Caitlin Clark had a 40-point triple-double in that building in March. So something that I think about sometimes. But when you look at like Jordan Horston, Jade Melbourne, Dulce Fanka Mengiadu, like they've had so many 19, 20-21-year-olds 20, play heavy minutes down the stretch here, and it's really going to pay dividends next year. So, and, and their defense in particular has been stellar, which actually I think is due to one of the veterans that they started playing a lot more, as much youth as they have, ever since they started playing Sammy Whitcomb more uh, about around midseason and put her in the starting lineup. I think that has really helped this defense a lot. She's not necessarily the first name that comes to mind in terms of like a lockdown defender, but I think the value that she brings just knowing where to be, where help rotation, be able to communicate switches, things like that. I, I told Karina, like I was watching film to try to figure out like what the storm are doing. And then I like, I don't have that dog in me. So I just kind of fell asleep <laughs> and took a nap. So I don't have any cool clips, but I like one thing that did stand out to me was that Sammy Whitcomb is like an excellent communicator. And I think just kind of holds that defense together. So I've been very impressed with them, and I know, like, I heard talk, you know, I, maybe not a lot, but I, I heard whispers about, like, is Noel Quinn's job safe, blah, 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 like, that. let's just stop, that's dumb. Like, who else would be doing any better right now with this group that they have? So, I, Storm, A-plus in August for me. Yeah, um, a couple of things on that. First of all, who is coming for Noel Quinn's job? Because... Hopefully no one anymore. It's not, it's not happening. Um, but I also think like on the Sammy Wickham front, like just based off the time that I covered her with the New York Liberty and just talking to her and asking her questions, you can tell that she's always thinking about that stuff. Like communication was always kind of top of mind for her and just communicating when to cut, like when to do all these different things so that you're moving together as a team. Like it's very much ingrained in her as a player and as a leader. Um, and you're definitely seeing that come through. Um, I, yeah, I told you, Cal, you're going to have to like edit all my ums out. Like the, <laughs> like I, the fact that I'm like hearing myself do them now. Uh, but, uh, no, she's like, she's been a really good leader for them. It's like very cool that she's back home, uh, with them. Uh, I thought that was uh, good. Like with all the movement that the Liberty went through in the off season, I think it was a good landing place for her. And my last kind of point on this too, is that yes, there are teams that are lottery teams and they haven't been good during this season. But I think if you get to a point where, like you said, you are giving more minutes to the younger players on your team, you're giving them that experience. The whole point is to kind of see how players gel with each other and how they continue to develop throughout the season. Because you get to a point where, yeah, you're in the lottery, but you've played enough together that something good is starting to happen. And then you start to get these like good draft picks. You start to get these good players coming together. And all of a sudden, you're a playoff team again. And so I think that's kind of the direction that Seattle's going in, which is nice. Cause like in the post Subert era, I know there was like a lot of like up and down, like we don't really know like what is going to happen with them. And Stewie left, like it was all like this whole, um, just like, you don't like kind of feeling lost a little bit. And it helps that Jewel Lloyd is scoring like 30 points <laughs> a game for them. So I think she has to be like number one priority for the Seattle Storm if they want to continue to keep this group together or like just add more pieces to it. I think Jewel Lloyd is the player that you must center this team around no matter who you get in the draft. So yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what shakes out with her. Um, but I wrote like a little a little pun down, like what's brewing in Seattle because they're the storm and storms brew. Oh, 
I, I got you. I got you. Karina said off the top, we're all about the puns. We're going to bring I warned. It's a disclaimer. Yeah. It's a pun disclaimer. Um, but yeah, like, the store are doing are doing well. They're doing better, all things considered. They are, like I said, four and a half games back of that eighth seed. So like, I think it would take an extremely miraculous kind of run to the end of the season for them to get that eighth seed. So it probably won't happen for them. But like you said, probably all for the best. Um, and I think a lot of stuff is pointing in the positive direction for them. Yeah, I think it, like it's really hard to be a good vibes team, a fun vibes team when you're well, like 11 and 22 or whatever they are. I don't know what the record is, but I think they are. I think for me, like this is a fun vibes team with a terrible record. And like that's that's something to be proud of, in my opinion. You're right, though. Like I was doing pregame for one of their games one time. And I well, first of all, I told Noel Quinn that she's like, the best dress coach in the league and that already got like a big laugh from her but i was just asking i even asked like jordan horson like what her experience has been like just defending all these stars in the league like with the role that she's been thrust into as a rookie um and it seems like she's really soaking it in like it seems like the team is really just happy with all the experience that they're getting um so the the vibes the vibes seem good even though their record is what it is so that's always good yeah and i'll bet if you hop into one of those pressers five years from now and ask jordan horston or whoever else on this team like you know what is the key to you being like such an elite defender they're gonna say or just any not even necessarily defense just like anything number one they're gonna say like i, I learned from jewel lloyd like being able to play with her which i think is key you know yes. and number two they're gonna say like the fact that i got thrust into the fire right out of the gate in my career and probably got got a few times on defense, but I got to learn the hard way. And now I'm elite like the Some of these players, that's going to be the story by the time they get into their prime, getting all this experience. So I, it's huge for the direction of the storm. Absolutely. And like, even like Michaela on is a player that I also think about in that role where in her rookie year with the Liberty, she was starting and she was facing like oh like she's facing candace parker like all these like really tough matchups and i think um she's like had to learn since then a little bit as her roles has, has changed but i think like ultimately it will be good for her in her career um but yeah the seattle storm that's your under the radar fact slash stat of the week um i hope we storm surprise radar. you there's your pun okay that was actually really good. <laughs> and you just came up with had, that too. I had, I had mine written since last night. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, that's already, you already won on that end. But to end things off, Calvin, I got a trivia question for you. All right, uh, who's played for the New York Liberty and the Seattle Storm? All right. So the obvious answer, when we talked about Sammy Wood. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. actually... That's not the most obvious answer, but I, that's the answer I had to go with. There's some there's some good answers. Uh, obviously, Stewie is the real obvious answer. We talked about Natasha Howard early in this podcast. She's one as well. But I'm going to throw this trivia question back at you. I didn't prepare you for this. I'm putting Karina on the spot. So oh, apologies. No. There's one person on this list who played for both of these teams who is a current coach in the league. Do you know who it is? It's a current coach in the league. Did Becky ever play for Seattle? No, I don't think so. No. no, it's not her. It's not her. It is Tanisha Wright. 
played for both of these teams. That's oh, okay, okay. So she is on the list as well. There you cool. go. But why Look did you that. ask me that, Karina? You should tell the listeners why you asked me that. Uh, well, I was getting to that, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to tee you up. Uh, thank you. Thank you. You love my slam. Um, so I asked that question because there is a new hoop grid game over at her hoop stats. There had been one for NBA for a really long time. And then the lovely people at her hoop stats made one for women's basketball. So make sure to go check that out on her and play it every day. Have you been doing well? I'm like, I'm like kind of iffy with the trivia sometimes. I'm a pretty hit or miss. Like I've, I've got a couple nines and then I've, I also get like a five or six. It depends. Like I started following women's basketball in 2019. So mm-hmm. for me, some of the college ones are harder because you got to go back like way before I started following. So I think Duke has already shown up twice and I can. Yeah, like that was like the first three one. Current players who went to Duke. Yeah. So, yeah. Those ones get me, but anytime you get like a storm Liberty combo, like I I can definitely get those. Yeah. So I always do. Have you hit nine yet? No, I haven't hit nine yet, but I'm getting Have you done it today? I have not done it today. Today's the day then after we hang up, you're going to do it and you're going to get a nine. Sounds good. I'm doing it. Your favorite player is playing it. I saw Ryan Howard was uh, playing the game as well. And your favorite player's favorite player is playing it. So go check it out on herwhostats.com. That's my promo for that. Um, and your but favorite you can... podcast host is playing it as well, Karina Mustafa. So, uh, no, you, There's Calvin that. Wetzel. Well, you're the host. Calvin. I'm the. We're... No, we're co. You're the point guard. We... Okay. okay. Well. Okay. Okay. We'll your see. favorite po- plural. Let's make it plural. Your favorite podcast <laughs> hosts. There we go. We see. We can't <laughs> even debate each other on that. Um, but <laughs> you can find us on social at Her Hoop Stats. Calvin, want to plug your Twitter? And yes, I'm yeah, calling I'm it at, Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Never in no, my life. It's Twitter. Don't do not do it. It's Twitter. We should do the thing next time. We drop the ball where we put our Twitter on the screen. But I know a lot of people listen to this anyway on whatever, Spotify and all that stuff and don't see it. So C, Wetzel31. My last name is Pretzel with a W. Love it. And you, you can find me at Krina MM or as some people have liked to say, Krinam um that's easier uh i got that last week on a show that i was on so that was very interesting to hear but yeah you can find us on twitter and the internet uh for more pods women's basketball content sports content everything all of the above um calvin what can listeners and viewers expect from coast to coast every week it's a great question i'm glad you asked i can expect (laughs) you're like i don't know (laughs) yeah who knows it's gonna be different i we have no idea what to expect. We're just showing up. No, uh, I mean, we're going to have a lot of fun because Karina and I are friends. We love talking and I think we've had a lot of fun today. So everything you've heard today, we're going to have so much fun and we're going to break down what's going on in the league, what everyone's talking about and probably break down some of the stuff that no one's talking about, too. So we're going to we're going to get into it all. We're going to try hit everything and we're going to have a blast doing it. Yep. Totally agree with everything. Thanks to everybody who tuned in for our first episode and we will see you next Wednesday.